What's up, y'all? This is Drew, and I'm here with Dan C. Toller. And welcome to Weekly Budgeting Redefined. We have been away for a little bit. We've been working on some stuff. Got some, some stuff has happened. We got some exciting news. Things are happening. Um, we're going to welcome in today Bob from the Frugal Fellow. We're going to tell everybody what's been going on with the app and everything that's been happening. But I thought it would be fun to kick off with a little quiz for you. This is going to be good. So, we, so <laughs> Halloween just passed, but we're going to talk about phantom power right now. Do you know what phantom power is? I, I didn't until we talked beforehand. Yeah, so if your electrical appliances are plugged in, and even if you're not using them, they draw power. And so I was reading a blog post today or the other day, and it was talking about how you could save $100 a year by unplugging things that you're not using. Wow. So I thought I would quiz you on some of the appliances that you could unplug and save money on, and you try to guess which one draws the most phantom power. Okay. Okay. I don't yeah. know if you've ever, have you ever considered unplugging something to save money? Um, if you don't know about like phantom power. it's off, right? It's off, but it's plugged in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, mostly when I think about like worrying about things that are plugged in that are off is like my phone or my computer if the battery's fully charged i'm more concerned about like not running cycles through the battery or like damaging the phone in some way by leaving it plugged in oh even after it's fully charged because like apple that, that, that hurts it apple just came out with a new feature recently where they actually stop charging your phone it's so like a software feature, I, I guess. I don't know how all this works, but they stop charging your phone after it's like 80% charged during the night until like an hour before they estimate you're going to wake up and get out of bed. And then they like top it off. So yeah, that's a thing. And so that's I didn't what know you I think could damage about. your phone by keeping it plugged in when it was already full of charge. Yeah, I you mean, can? damage in the sense that the battery it wears the battery. Yeah, down. wears the battery down. Okay, so that's generally didn't like know. the context that I that I think, but not in terms of like using power. Okay, so this is right. Yeah, but you're saying that if I go to bed and I plug in my phone, that I shouldn't do that because in, at three in the morning it's fully charged. I'm now hurting the battery. Right. Yeah, so like I said, iPhones iPhones upgraded to kind of solve that through software, where it only only will charge eighty percent until okay. you're almost done. I don't know about Android. <laughs> Maybe they've had that already. Okay. All right. Anyway, but back to Phantom Power. I'd like you to rate these things from most use of Phantom Power to least use. All right. We have inkjet printer with the fax machine. Mm-hmm. A plasma TV. <laughs> this is really starting to sound like a list from 1986. <laughs> uh, a laptop computer, a CD player, or a DVR machine with a digital cable box. Man, it's so hard. I I find myself wanting to rank them by how important they are to me personally. I don't know why. <laughs> well, that's another interesting... <laughs> Laptop would be one. Yeah, laptop is basically it. Would mean, anything else make the list? Like, just cross it off the list. No, nothing what is else. It? What do you not like about printers? Well, printers is... So, the, a lot of things I don't like about printers. I mean, the printer people are out to get you. Seriously. They sell you these printers. They they only work with their special fancy ink cartridges that are like five times as expensive as like the regular thing. Yeah. So... I'm just not a fan of printers. We haven't had one for a while. And I have a printer at my work. If I need to print something, like, that's not a problem. Like, a little bit of personal usage of the company printer, right? That's totally cool. We're keeping our fingers crossed on that. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's totally (laughs) fine. So, um, you know, my wife, like, she she works at the school. I mean, she can print stuff for that. And we don't need to print stuff that often. So, like, having a printer is a total headache because... You have to maintain it and do firmware updates and like get it to sync up with your computer. And even the simple printers are, it's just a mess, you know? Mm. And then you got to maintain the ink. So I don't know if I said this yet, but my wife bought me a printer for Christmas. (laughs) And it was, it was not a good moment for me 
like in terms of my response. I was visibly disappointed. Like with the two hundred dollar electronic purchase that was like I man. Anything yeah. would have been better. Just burn the cash. That would have been better <laughs> than buying the printer. Was it that she didn't know that you were... She wanted a printer. Oh, okay. she, she needs a printer sometimes at home when she's doing stuff with the kids or whatever. Yeah. You know? So... So you got a printer for Christmas because she yeah, was ready to yeah, have a printer. Yeah, exactly. And I like didn't... I guess I should be more specific about things I want, you know? <laughs> I think I've done that to my wife. <laughs> yeah, this Oh, that was awesome. a present for me. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> think that through yeah so that's that's kind of our funny uh inside joke is it about still at your house it, it has been at our so this was last no this was two years ago she gave me this printer uh-huh and we used up the black ink this is the other thing that just drives me crazy it makes me furious we used up the black ink and the printer just stopped working like the software is written in such a way where it will not print unless every ink cartridge has capacity and that's just ludicrous you know like a lot of times you need to print something it's like i don't care if it's pink just print it and like be done with it yeah i know exactly what you're talking about that's pretty frustrating i feel like the printer business is artificially staying in business and alive because they're ripping people off right and i think the the whole industry should just die or you know rise up from the ashes and like get printers that actually work and have really cheap ink and are easy to use and like open source software and it's, it's just right like, for disruption. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a bad. I market. went to um, Amazon to look for uh, printer cartridges that were made by third party. Yeah, and I ordered some. Yeah, off of it. I thought I was really doing a good job. Right, and I was like, Tracy, look at yeah, look at uh, look at all yeah. the money I saved on yeah. on ink, and she was not impressed. She was like, those printer cartridges aren't going to work, and yeah. you're going to run out. I mean, she didn't say all those words, but I could just read it all in her face. Yeah. So did they work? <laughs> they they worked. They did work. They okay. did work. Because I had that it, same experience, it, but the cartridges didn't work. They they plugged in. They were the right size, the right form factor, but they didn't work. Yeah. Like the, the software was like, nope, nope. those aren't our oh, custom oh, they proprietary things. Yeah. Oh, so before you could even see if they worked, they stopped working. They yeah, shut, I mean, the, I, the I was able to plug down. it in, right. but they were like, yeah, invalid accessory attached or whatever yeah. stupid message. And I'm like, ah, you know, <laughs> that could be like a whole sitcom and just like throwing the printer out the window. Yeah. Wow. It's bad. Okay. So. so in addition to being a source of frustration in your life, they're also drawing <laughs> phantom power. Yeah. Costs you even yes, more money. Yes. <laughs> I have another reason to be upset. We've had this printer for two years. I, I don't think I finished telling the story, but we ran out of ink after like six months. Okay. I bought this package on Amazon for like 15 bucks. It was a good deal, but the, it didn't end up working. So I returned it and paid shipping on the return, and we still don't have ink for it. And it's probably still just it's plugged in, up. drawing phantom power. I got a printer <laughs> off the for, for business. I got a printer because the shared printer, I sometimes I just want to print something and read something in my office. I got a, yeah. I got a printer from... It was an HP printer, uh-huh. HP printer. And yeah. so I got it delivered. It was like 30 bucks. Right. And it got like reviews and it's supposed to connect to the Wi-Fi so that you can, you can print to it without yeah. having been connected to it. And, um, I couldn't get it connected to the Wi-Fi, So I was like, just go with the direct connection. Yeah. Got the thing connected. It, it wouldn't recognize, it wouldn't start printing. <laughs> right. So brand new printer on Amazon, 30, 50 bucks. Maybe I think it was yeah. like 59 bucks or something like yeah. this. It was now taking up space on the desk, so I took it off the desk and I put it in the corner. And it's like <laughs> I feel bad throwing it away because it's just like a huge waste of like plastic. Yeah, but it's too late to yeah. send it back. Yeah. And even if I did send it back, it would be a big hassle. So yeah, it was just like right. this. Yeah, this was a disaster, like a real <laughs> disaster. Uh, okay, man, we should just have a, the whole episode be about. <laughs> Printers. I think we just did. We did. I think really. we just did. <laughs> okay, back to the like, inkjet printer, plasma TV, laptop, CD player, DVR with cable All box. Right. I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here, but I would say DVR, those things seem kind of bulky, top of the list. Then the inkjet printer, because I don't like printers. Then the laptop then the cd player then the plasma tv okay so let me say that again 
DVR, inkjet, plasma, laptop, CD player. Okay, so first one was DVR, you said? Mm-hmm. That was uh, spot on. Really? Yes. Okay. So here's what you have to guess in terms of how much money do you think is spent. You'll be amazed by this number by just having it plugged in. A year, a year, yearly. Okay. How much phantom for power DVR. for just the DVR for, device? It's digital cable box with DVR. Okay, just having it plugged in. What does it cost you? So, annually? well, you you mentioned like a hundred bucks for everything. Mm-hmm. So annually, I would think I don't know, maybe eight dollars. Forty-one. No way. Of the hundred dollars <laughs> is eaten up by the digital cable box with really? DVR. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, uh, cheapism is where I got this information. So okay. shout out to them. Thank you. So, so that's interesting. The DVR. So I assume that's cause it's going back and forth connecting. Yeah, no, I guess that would make sense because it, it does some work when you're not, when you're like, not there. using yeah, it, right? right? Like that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. It's like, does it, it stream and record live TV and then save it to the box while it's streaming live TV. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I guess that's a little bit cheating because it's like sort of on. It's like it's doing sort of it to work. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. I could see but that. you're not using it. Right. Yeah. You're not like watching you're TV, not watching but it, TV. it might be recording. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's interesting. So uh, I have this uh, sidebar. Sidebar, people. One second. I have this refrigerator in my house. It's a little tiny fridge. It's a side fridge. And we just use it to keep wine. It's a wine fridge, okay? okay. So a little tiny yeah, wine no, that's fridge. That's normal, yeah. Right? <laughs> I was like, what is, what is this small refrigerator? <laughs> so it's right underneath our cabinets. It's a wine fridge. It's yeah. and, and it's there, but I can hear it like starting up, like well, it's almost like once every. It, it must be five minutes, but it feels like twenty seconds. Is like yeah, Whirr, it's yeah. like the, the engine is starting up, and it's so like, it is a constant reminder that energy is just like leaving the house. Uh, that's okay. good. That is interesting. All right, so that was a sidebar though. All right, what was your next one? Did you say? Okay, so next I said inkjet. Inkjet is no, that's not correct. Okay, because we have the plasma TV up there. Plasma TV is the second. Okay, and it is what would you guess? Um, I don't know. 10, 935. Ooh, not bad. Okay. And what did you say was number three? Uh, three, I guess the plasma. So I okay. guess inkjet would be kind of next. Nah. No, mm-hmm. no inkjet. Mm-mm. All right. Well, the, the next is laptop computer, but there's a little bit of a technicality here. Apparently just by having the power cord plugged in without it having plugged into yeah. the laptop actually uses power. Yeah. I have wondered about that exact thing. Have you? Yeah. Like if if you just have a cord, because like I have my laptop, so I have like a workstation at home, right? Mm-hmm. And when I'm at home, I plug in my computer. But when I'm when my computer's not there, it's still the charger is still plugged into the wall. So what's that costing me? It's costing you uh, four twenty five. Oh my gosh! For the power cord only. That is so interesting. And so if you connect it to your laptop, then it's eight dollars and fifty eight cents. Hmm. For is that like if the laptop's like fully charged? Uh, it doesn't really like some doesn't, really <laughs> doesn't really say. It's getting into the details there. And then on fourth place is your nemesis, the inkjet okay. fax machine. But I want to say that it's the fax machine that really sort of balloons the cost on that. Mm, yeah. Because an inkjet printer without a fax machine is $1.21. No, no. It's actually $4.75. So it's five twelve for the fax and then four seventy five. For, without the fax? Without the fax, as long as it's on. But huh. you're not using it. On, but not using it. I don't know if that counts. Anyway. Yeah, interesting. Inkjet's number four. Okay. And then CD player, if you still have them, $4.86 a year to keep that thing plugged in hmm. so that it's ready the moment you <laughs> play that full call on CD. Yeah, that is... So, it makes me wonder how much of that can be limited by software, right? Like... We got our guest here. We got a guest coming. Uh, yeah, uh, so, yeah. Bob is here. I'm just a little distracted here. I was one making sure he wasn't waiting for us. But no, I don't think he's here yet. He hasn't okay. texted me. Okay. Okay. So, um, so Apple apparently is able to stop the flow of power from the wall into the phone, and so it makes me wonder how much of 
that phantom draw could be solved with software. But it, it's such an interesting question, right? Like, I don't understand anything about this, obviously, but how does software tell this kind of dumb plug in the wall to stop pumping juice into the battery, right? Like, yeah. what? How does yeah. that's cool? Uh, yeah. I don't know. And here's another question is, how much does unplugging stuff from the wall affect your quality of life? Yeah. Because if, like, every time I want to go and, like, watch the TV, I got to <laughs> bend down, get behind the cabinet, plug yeah. it in. I start to feel like I don't even live there. I'm yeah. some sort of, like, I'm in a shell of a place. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Which, right. one, of the, which exactly. one of these things would you actually unplug to save money? So I saw this article just coincidentally this week about um, about this exact topic, and they mentioned having like a power strip wherever you have a lot of things plugged in, and then you just flip off the power switch. Yeah, still, I mean, it's only a marginally better, right? Because you still yeah, got to get down still, there. Yeah, but, but you might tackle a lot of those. Then you have at things once. in different rooms. You have right. separate power should oh, go into each room. I think room we should just get long cords and <laughs> have them all, all go into one central place in the house. My, my wife would not like then that. Then when you like, come in, you just flip the switch. <laughs> boom. I'm home. Okay, let's put a bookmark in, in there. Put, put a bookmark in it there, and let's talk to Bob. All, all right. right we'll, be right, we'll be right back. You know this, right? <laughs> okay, people. So, Dan, when is too when is it too soon to play Christmas music? Oh, that's a tough question. It kind of gets in the mix of when is it too late, right? Because you know you could be playing Christmas. <laughs> Wait, you go after Christmas the... too? Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, all the way to January. Feel it, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why everybody's hating on Christmas music at random times of the year. <laughs> I think it's great. I love Christmas music. There's a lot of it, too. For listeners, this is uh, Sia's, off of Sia's Christmas album, which Dan is a huge fan of. Oh, man. Best <laughs> Christmas album in decades. How about you, Bob? I'm yeah, all, I'm joining all about us right Christmas here is music. Bob from The Frugal Fellow. Give it up. Let's go. So, what's know. your take on Christmas music? Uh, Christmas music is, uh, I don't know, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's just like never. If it's on in the background at a department yeah. store, that's fine. Yeah. But you're uh, not jamming out? No. No. <laughs> no. So, Bob, so glad you're here because you had a couple of posts on The Frugal Fellow mm-hmm. about um, work from home or side hustle opportunities, and you were looking at the ones that were real and the ones that were scams. And when you are on a budget and you're just trying to get to the next level or even save for something these things that i'm assuming are very they're very attractive like okay i got a few hours on the weekend i can devote it and make a little money but i can't get a full-time position what can i do yeah so that was the gist of your blog post correct uh yes okay Mm -hmm. so after your research i was wondering if you could come in and tell our listeners what were the best work from home opportunities you could actually make some good money and what were like the most the ones you should stay away from because they actually might cost you money? Yeah. Um, well, there's a there's a couple of things um, there. I mean, I think that the biggest thing is kind of like what is your skill set because um, some jobs obviously it's it's just like anything else like your real life or you know I should say full time jobs rather. Um, you know, some jobs are more skilled than others. Um, some jobs require you know very specific skill set. Um, and I, you know, the, the interesting thing is I, I feel like, um, in terms of like how legitimate they are, um, you know, really the less skilled ones are, are kind of the ones that tend to target the, the, or kind of tend to be more scammy, you know? Good point. Mm, yeah. Okay. Because you just get such a large number of, of people, uh, applying for them and it's kind of like a numbers game. Um, so I would say kind of, um, some of those more skilled ones are probably going to most of the time going to be legitimate. Okay. What kind mm. of skills What are we talking about? Probably the most popular one. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about doing it a few hours a week, but like uh, software development, that's really, really popular, yeah. um, to do from home. Like you can do that always remotely pretty much. And so a lot of people do that. I would say, again, it might be tough to do it like only a few hours a week. You might need 10 or 20. And, um, I know from I where do people get hired if they do have those skills? Upwork is one that I've used to find some part-time developers. Um uh, yeah, 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 Upwork. I think there's I mean there's a lot of sites. Actually, uh you know, the the thing is the one thing is um LinkedIn is is actually 
I feel like it's gotten a, kind of a mixed review over the years. Like people forget about it, but it's actually still a really legitimate site in terms of like finding, uh, you know, uh, work opportunities. So. Yeah. Funny story that because um, I was in, uh, we have a shared workspace and there's a lot of technology companies like Weekly is a technology company and I like a lot of people are looking for developers and they said, uh, so how many people are putting your job posting for developers on LinkedIn? And her looking for developers on LinkedIn, everyone like raises their hand, mm-hmm. and she and she was like, "That's a mistake because developers are not hanging out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are on Stack Overflow. So yeah, okay. you need to put it over there. But actually, it reinforces your point because if you are a developer looking for work, you should go to LinkedIn because that's where the actual people who are hiring are thinking huh. that you are. Does yeah, that make that, sense? That is yeah. interesting. So, uh, so that's just to reinforce your point there. Yeah, yeah." Okay, so software development, but let's say you don't have the coding skills. What's a, what's another thing on the on the good area? Uh, yeah, well, the one thing that I've been I've been trying to do, and a lot of that a lot of people do in general, um, is freelance writing, uh, because yeah, you know, it doesn't really require um, such a specialized skill set. Um, you basically just need be, need to be able to you know write you know really well uh, and and research, um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, almost like anybody can be an expert in anything when it comes to writing, as long as you are good at, you know, research. So, yeah, um, it's really just a process, you know, uh, finding the information that you need to, ne- you need to, uh, you know, answer the question. And, and uh, so did you have, do you have an idea of like, is it per word or per blog post or what's the av- what's the kind of income range? Yeah, it can vary a, a lot. Um, and of course that kind of mostly comes down to like your experience level and um, just kind of like who, you know, and your portfolio and things like that. Um, a lot of people start out at like um, 10 cents a word. They might even start out less. So if you're writing a thousand words, they might pay you a uh, hundred dollars. I've even, I've even seen $50, but that's actually really low. Like people should try to not do that. In fact, I, I've actually seen as low as three cents a word, which is terrible. Hmm. That's uh-huh. really bad. Um, how but, long does it take to write a thousand article if you're a thousand words, thousand words, sorry. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it takes, it really depends on the writer, but it might take two or three hours. So that's like not a terrible, uh, hourly rate, hourly rate. If you're getting $50 and do it in two hours, it's like $25 an hour. It's not yeah. terrible, but it's, you know, you can earn a lot more, I'll say. And um, not to put you on the spot, but let's say I was someone who I thought I had the decent writing skills and I wanted to get started and I wanted to find that first person. Where would I go to find the job? What would you recommend that way? Yeah, yeah. so I, I, I know a little bit more about um, the writing because I've done it more. So there's a lot of places. Um, I've looked at um, ProBlogger a lot, and that's uh, it's actually a Darren Rouse's site. Um, but there's a lot on there. Um, now you do have to kind of sit through the, sift through the good and bad, the good and the bad. Cause there can be a lot of like low paying things on there. Um, and okay. then there's other ones like, uh, contently, um, and like said, LinkedIn, of course, but, um, and then the other thing really just like, uh, cold outreach is really, is, is really huge and like networking in general. So there's a lot that I would say that goes into it. Cold outreach. Like I see you have a blog. Do you, you know, I'll make some content for you. Yeah, exactly. And the, you know, the, the thing about that is it's really hard to know. I mean, I, I struggle with that because, like, where do I even start? Like, who do I talk to? It, it can be hard, but um, I think you have to kind of start with what interests you, and then like yeah. think of the sites that are kind of in that uh, in that niche. Right, right, yeah. So if you're, you know, you, I guess you could draw on any amount of experience you have in your past, right? If you're if you're a stay at home mom, there's mommy blogs, right? Yeah, and what that's about? yeah, and that's that's. Um, People say to do that. I I kind of struggled with that because my, my experience was in uh, healthcare IT, and I was trying to get out of that. But I guess if you write about something that is popular and you're not trying to get out of it, you can leverage your existing experience too. All right, cool. Right. So software development, writing, what else is a cool side hustle? Um, yeah, there's there's a lot. Um, well, and the, not, I mean, people know about this. Everybody pretty much knows about this, but I'll just throw it out there, which is you know gig work. So... Uber, TaskRabbit, you know, Rover, things like that. Which I do Rover too, which is really, really fun. Wait, Rover, Rover. Yes. What, what? What is this? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's, you know, dog walking, dog sitting. Oh, that stuff. dogs. Yeah. Dogs. dogs. Okay. Yeah, I oh yeah, now. I need to understand a little more about this. So you yeah. want to walk a dog? Uh, mm-hmm. You sign up to be a Rover dog walker and then <laughs> yeah. and then you put your hours in, I guess, and then it says, "Ding, you got someone who wants their dog walked." Uh, yeah, pretty much on that one, they, uh, the, you know, the, the owners, the dog owners find you. Um, so, you know, you have to have like a really good profile and everything, but other than that, it's pretty much, you just, 
just let it sit there and people find you. So yeah, and, I was and, I was actually on there today because we're going out of town for Thanksgiving. You were looking for someone. Yeah, we were looking for someone. Usually we can we like we're fairly well connected, so we can find friends or somebody who will watch our dog. But but also having a dog is new to us. Our dog's only six months old. So, mm. um, but I was on there today and it was awesome. It was like a really good site. It yeah. made me feel like uh, Airbnb for dogs. Really, yeah, I say I say Uber, but yeah, yeah. basically same. Thing. Yeah, because Uber, right? Because there's the walking aspect as well. In this case, we were looking for somebody to actually host our dog. But have you walked yeah. people's dogs before with Rover? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dan, meet Bob. Bob, there you go. <laughs> right? right? You could just cut yeah. Rover out of it. Right. But no, just joking. This. So I mean, that's not from home, but you know, or unless you, bo- it, it can be for boarding dogs. But do you set yeah. your rates? Um, you can, it recommends the rates for you. You can manually adjust them though. Actually I did today cause I've been on there for like six months and I was like, I want to raise them a little bit. So, so yeah, what but, were you, what were you, what's the rates, man? What's, what's so, going on? So they ranged from 20, I think on the low end it was like $25 a night up to maybe 50 or so was kind of the range I saw for, yeah. so we have a, a 20 pound dog, right? So part of it I think is the size of your dog as well. Um, and limits then, the who will do it, but okay. And you, how many times do you walk a dog for yeah, a night? So there's like walking. So, so we needed boarding. Like oh, we're okay. going to drop off the dog and it's yours until we pick it oh, up. Oh, it's going to go to like the new house. Okay. Right, for $50 right. or whatever. Yeah. Or, but they also do dog walking, which, which seemed kind of, uh, surprisingly high relative to the overnight stay. It was like, um, 18 to $35 per dog walk, which um, is yeah, like, how long is the dog walk? 30 minutes. Like 30, 30 minutes, minutes yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get, like, the rate for dog walks is pretty decent if you're a dog walker. But, yeah, for overnights, it's, like, especially because, like, I'm staying there or, or boarding, whatever. It's, like, you're not really getting that much. I mean, I just kind of do it for fun, honestly. But Yeah. Um, and yeah. so you drive to the people's houses and get the dog. Do you ever go there and the mm-hmm. person's there? Or is that more common that the family is there? Um, usually they, usually they are not there, uh, every now and then they, they might be, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, the, one of the, the top ladies that showed up on our search results was, um, this nice lady in Hillsborough that then it said on her profile, she could have up to seven dogs at oh, a wow. time at her house, you know? So I thought that was an interesting kind of setup. If you're the type of person that just loves dogs just everywhere and you just, you know, yeah, and, and you know, it, the, I love it too because it's it's one of those things that it, again, it's like Uber in the sense that if you don't feel like doing it, you can just be like, well, yeah, yeah no, I don't feel like doing this right now, and that's you know, so you don't have to like commit to anything right. exactly. ahead of time. It's just like you tell them whether you want to do it or you're available or, or whatever. So, what yeah. is Rover's piece of the action? Uh, you mean the what do you mean there? Like fee? Yeah, yeah, they take like I, it's actually pretty high. I think it's like thirty percent. So, yeah, yeah, them but, and Apple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, dog walking. Okay, all right. So good. That's a that's a great idea. That is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uber. I don't know how much you make per hour. The Uber versus dog walking. I mean, with the dog walking, you. Yeah. I've, I've looked into it a little bit. I think it's like the average is like twelve dollars an hour or something like that. But for that, Uber, that, that might be like after like expenses like wear and tear and, and gas and things like that for so, uber yeah right yeah. yeah and so what's the average with rover do you think that you've, you've experienced if you don't mind sharing um i think for well for the hourly rate um you'd have to double 30 minutes so maybe like 30 something like that okay but yeah, that's so, just for dog walks obviously but right and then they take their cut and then you you leave yeah you're leaving with 20 per hour so yeah so it's better than uber sounds there like you it. Go. there you go yeah, well, yeah. Get, like i like dogs yeah yeah i mean it is a little different dynamic right like if you're going over to somebody's house you get their dog you know walk them for 30 minutes drive back whereas like i i think the dog walking like is kind of a commitment right because you got to drive to wherever that is Mm -hmm. you know well uber too though right um yeah i'm just saying you got to factor that into the cost to what you're making right your travel time to right. get to where you're going mm-hmm. it's not just like 30 like 60 minutes right from your desk at home mm, i you're see making that much money you know, okay. drive okay back to the list yes yes are we okay so that rover's on the good side what do you have another good one uh, you have a few actually all right um another one that's pretty popular that a lot of people do um i i'm not doing it but um teaching english is pretty popular hmm. online from home yes so how yes. does that work 
Um, you know, well, I, like I said, I've never done it, but I think it's all just kind of like electronic. Um, yeah. So you do you like uh, you know do kind of a FaceTime situation with someone who doesn't speak English well and yeah I believe so like I said I, I I've never done it but I know a lot of people do it so I know it's yeah it's all online and um, the one downside to it though is that um, you know your your biggest audit or your biggest uh, you know uh, your biggest demand or whatever is going to come from China meaning uh, you're teaching yeah. a lot of Chinese uh, kids. So the reason that sucks is because, um, you know, it's going to be weird hours. Yeah. Yes. So, mm-hmm. but they're exactly 12 hours different. So yeah. yeah. 3 PM is 3 AM. Yeah. So for an American, it's, it's not great hours wise, obviously in terms of it being but like opposite, but China's a big country too. It has multiple time zones, but yeah. Oh well, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. All of them are not our time zones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that is an interesting one for me to visualize. Like, I imagine me like logging into some site and like suddenly I'm being recorded and I see a class full of Chinese kids, and it's like fire away. Yeah, what I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't what I don't know. I, I will say again because I haven't looked into it that much. Just because like I, I mean I don't have like a teaching certification or anything like that, and I don't. I just don't know. But so I don't know if it's like a lot of like it's going to be like ten kids or like a couple. Like I don't I don't know how that works. I will say that yeah, much. Yeah. But and you could influence a whole population with your accent. You could. <laughs> you could. Yeah. Y'all. Y'all. What's going on, y'all? Y'all. Like, all. y'all it's just is like a very y'all. important word. <laughs> yeah. Y'all. <laughs> y'all. Right. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how well that would go over in, in China. But, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, no, I mean I, I mentioned that one because it's it's pretty pretty like I think it's like a legitimate you know opportunity as well it is so, so does, it seems like with china and their regulation that would be a, a more um you know formalized process where you maybe are in touch with some agency that like gets you certain assignments or something right <laughs> less like free market style i'm not sure i mean it's just through a through a site uh you know that's yeah. like the one that there's a couple i know but like the one that's i know that's really popular is uh vip kid or vip kid mm-hmm. however you want to say it okay oh, okay um and i know a lot of people use that so i yeah, i know there's like a lot of internet re- regulation stuff and all that but i mean yeah. i know people do it and they're on that site and it works so. okay cool fantastic what's the next what's another one um <clears throat> another one i have is um virtual assistant work um Ooh. which is basically like an online secretary kind of you know because you could be mm-hmm. doing almost anything um, but it's, it's a, it's a popular one because, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be done. Um, the one that Im- immediately comes to mind just because I was doing blogging is, uh, like, uh, social media stuff like Pinterest and, and, you know, Twitter and Facebook and things yeah. like that, because, um, you know, especially as a blogger, like you are, um, you're, you're want to focus on your content more than anything. Cause that's like the most important thing. Um, but when you are focusing on like Pinterest and all these other things, you know, you're kind of taking yourself away from the content. So having a, a person who's dedicated to it is, is very uh, helpful. So that's why that can be a really good opportunity. Yeah. That's cool. Interesting. So what about something that's, yeah, does it sounds too good to be true or this is it going to be a waste of your time? Yeah, well, I have, a, I do have a couple of those. Um, now it can, again, it, some of them can be okay, but like survey sites, for example, yeah, are pretty like they're very popular, but again, like very low skilled kind of thing. You're just answering questions, and you know they can be legitimate, but also like they're not going to pay you very much per hour. I mean, I think that's that's kind of the main thing. Um, you know, like literally, it can take like a month to earn like 20 or $50 or whatever. So <laughs> what? it's like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm, so they don't pay you or they do pay you per <laughs> survey responded to. Uh, yeah, but it might be like 50 cents to a dollar something like that. And for, this, how long is the survey? Like if they give you a dollar for a survey, it, it might take you, you like 15, 20 minutes. Right. You know? And then, so that's like $4 Whoa. an hour. Yeah. 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 And they're asking you, okay, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I've seen those before and I've been like, what happens if you get halfway through and you get kicked out as not qualified, right? You're like, yeah, I'll take this survey for a buck. And then you get halfway does, through and, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. you're yeah. whatever. That yeah. does happen. And yeah. so yeah. out of go. luck is what you're you are. You're out of luck and you just wasted your time. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. Mm, okay. So. All right. Go ahead. What else? Um, well, the only other one I have um, right now that is, again, and, and they they can be legitimate, but um, some of these cashback apps can be pretty pretty shady. Oh, so I think that there, I mean, there are some that are good, but again, you're not going to, you're not going to get a lot out of them. It's always going to be, you know, like a few pennies. It's not going to be much. Okay. Wait, so so wait, how does this yeah. work? Yeah. 
Um, well, one of the ones that's really popular that is legitimate is uh, Ibotta. That is the one for like grocery shopping. So you basically you go grocery shopping and you like scan in your receipts after, and they like give you rebates. Okay. So I mean, it's you know it, it's not a lot I know, but it's like one like percent of a so on a hundred dollars you might get a buck. Yeah, I th- yeah, something like that. Who it's, knows? It's, depends on what you buy. Yeah, and who's offering rebates? Yeah. So they're basically like connecting you with people that already have rebates out there, and they're making them efficiently. They hmm. may be getting the rebate. Here's what I I don't even I heard about this 15 seconds. Unless Tori, Tori mentioned one of these at our last episode. Okay. Um. So I'm assuming that they're looking at your receipt. They know the rebates that are there. They're mm-hmm. going to submit it and get the rebate money, and they're giving you a piece of it. Am I? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that would be the model. Yeah, that's probably that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, but you don't it, have to go looking. For, you know, the service we're providing is aggregating all the rebates, right? Right. It's like honey online, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, anytime there's an app, they're obviously like they're making money and they're probably making more than you are. So, right. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. usually how it works. Those dang app makers, they're always <laughs> in it for themselves, <laughs> right? But you know, especially with the yeah, with those cashback ones, though, it's like yeah. So, uh, um, I'm not sure you got through the good list, though. Did you get through the good list? Uh, I, I did have a couple more. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Lay it on. I had, yeah. I had, well, yeah, maybe like one or two more. Oh, um, well. Transcribing is one. Okay, transcribing can be pretty so pretty popular. Uh, take take the take an audio file and turn it into text. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I mean, you think about uh, there's I mean, because actually I will actually watch uh, stuff with closed captions sometimes, but anything like everything has closed captions, and that's uh, true. You know, ne- anything on Netflix has like closed captions, so it might be some boring thing. It might be some documentary or like I don't know some boring. Um, thing, but like, yeah, everything needs, you know, or it uh, could be exciting. Like, what if you're like, oh my god, what's going to happen in this movie? Right? Yeah. And you, <laughs> right. And you get too into it, you're like, wait, stop! I, I missed that paragraph. <laughs> click, click, click. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's one, and you know, like, there's there's sites that are like reputable that do that. So um, it seems know, like it's... AI will make that job go away sometime soon. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, that's 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 kind of what I was thinking. Well, like, when I talk to Siri, like, what percentage of the time is Siri messing up your? Your yeah, voice. it's getting better. It's getting better. It's definitely getting better. Yeah. In fact, on uh, Google Hangouts, now Google Meet, they have this auto-closed captioning thing feature. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. So you're in a Google Meet session. And it's doing it on the flip fly. Flip it on. On the fly, it transcribes what's going on, and it's pretty accurate. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's like in a meeting setting, you know? So I would think similar to... I don't know some kind of recording. Well, I think I think it's going to be short before. I, I just wonder about yeah. I was wonder about like like slang, you know, lingo, right? That sort yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like how good is it going to be with yeah. that? But it's a yeah. matter of time. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. especially with Hangouts because obviously like uh, you know TV is scripted or whatever. But yeah, uh, with Hangouts it's like just people talking, so it's like oh, I don't know. But right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, what was another good one? So transcribing and yeah, the only other one that I had, and this one can, I feel like this one, I don't know. It can be kind of like in between, but, um, well, so editing and proofreading. So those are like kind of very similar related things. Cause like, you know, sites need editors, um, which, you know, cause especially if they have like freelancers, freelance writing, so it can be related to that. Um, and that can be kind of a mixed bag in terms of, you know, their, their English skills and, and, you know, how, Good they are at writing in general. Um, so, yeah, most of them need editors um, just to make sure that's, um, that the content is good and that it's um, serving the, the purpose of the trying to serve for the readers. So Yeah, so you would find those jobs at the same place that you mentioned earlier with the writers? Um, y- yeah, 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 generally. Okay, yeah. cool. Nice. So which one of those jobs would, would be most – well, the developer one, obviously, <laughs> for you, right? Which one of those would you do? Yeah, I, I mean, I've looked at, at uh, stuff like that, um, you know, kind of side hustle stuff. In fact, I even bought this book for a couple bucks that was like 100 pages and it was like 10 side hustle ideas and how to get started with them. And uh, I don't know, I just, I can't ever get myself to do work outside of work that's not just something that I really care about because I think I dedicate all my free time to thinking about making software that i think is really rad yeah so i I had a side hustle once and it was refereeing 
uh, games. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that nice. was something I really enjoyed doing. It took my attention, right? Yeah. You had to really be engaged. So it was yeah. engaging. And uh, you could make a, a little bit of money here and there. Yeah. It was just, I don't know, 20 bucks a game, 25 yeah, bucks a game decent, or something, decent, you know? Yeah. But at the time, it was like, this is good. This gives me some extra spending cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you get a lot of good stories. <laughs> do you want to hear a story? Yeah, I do. do really? Yeah. Okay. For sure. All right. Um, so uh, I played soccer growing up. And they were like, uh, I played a little high school soccer. So I guess uh, they were like, needed some high school. There's like, uh, I, know, I, I know basically the rules. Okay, you're, yeah. you're on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. I reviewed the rule book before I went out there. Good. good. And uh, so just to make sure, you know, make the, you know. Yeah, get it all straight. Yeah, get it all straight. But um, the one funny thing about, uh, do, you know what the, do you know what the motion is for when someone scores a goal and you're a soccer player? No. Like what mm. the referee does? I just think you don't know. like touchdown. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> you yeah, did you, you Bob did the same thing. He yes. did the touchdown. You know why? You know why? Because we're Americans. Right. <laughs> and that's what you do when you score a goal. You get, and then yeah. when you score a three-point three pointer yeah oh same deal yeah, yeah. so naturally yeah, three pointer because field goal yeah exactly so naturally <laughs> the ball goes in the net and there i am yeah goal yeah <laughs> okay okay y'all that is not <laughs> the right signal i guess is maybe it's the culture of soccer but it's a very subtle thing like when you when someone scores and it's a huge deal and there's not a lot of scoring in soccer, right? Yeah. You generally compared to like yeah. basketball, you right. scored three goals a game. That's, you know, that's, a, yeah. And they don't even make a big deal. All the referee does is blows the whistle and then does this like hand gesture, this slight hand gesture showing you where the ball is to be placed back in the middle of the field. And it's just like, oh, bring the ball back. And that's really? it. That's what the referee does. Oh mm. my goodness. So it's, it's like. So, Everybody knows it went in. Everybody does. And so the ref is just it's saying, okay. let's move on. Here. Bring it back. That's it. Wow. So, so I'm, out, I'm out there out for you. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going out there with my touchdown yeah! signal. Yeah. Go! It's interesting because the, you know, the commentators go so crazy. They go crazy. Yeah. Right? But, Making up for the refs. I go! Guess. <laughs> yeah. You know, the famous guy does yeah. that. Anyway, no, but that was awesome. So, yeah. People could tell I was not an experienced referee. I was like... Like, look at that guy. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's uh, good. Okay, that referee, good. side hustle. There you go. Side hustle. Bob, that was terrific. Thanks so much for all that great information. Um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yep. Uh, so the best place would probably be my blog, which is thefrugalfellow.com. Uh, also on Twitter, very active on there. I am at the fellow frugal because at the frugal fellow was taken, uh, uh already. <laughs> so yeah, at the fellow frugal on Twitter. Um, those are probably the best two places. Okay. Thanks again. And, uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. All right. Sounds good. We're back. Dan back for more let's talk about what's been going on with weekly yeah weekly's been happening so our podcast is episodes have slowed down because uh there's been so much going on with weekly so yeah we had to just we had to get it out the door yep and uh so we took a little hiatus to wrap up everything and then get it out there and glad to say it is now live in the app store good job man yeah give it up weekly is live yeah so all you have to do is go to the app store and search for weekly budgeting and scroll down. No, scroll weekly down. budgeting, we're top result. <laughs> yeah, the no, app we actually store are the top result for weekly budgeting. That's which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but if that ranking ever gets muddled for whatever reason, you can always go to weeklybudgeting.com and find the link to the app store yep. and give it a download. Yeah. So what are some lessons learned from getting something live in the app store? Yeah. Well, there, there's the whole thing um, in software development that's like, it's not done until it's done. Mm. Right. And you may have something that like works and it's in beta and people are using it and everything seems great. But then when you're ready to launch and actually pull the trigger, there's all these other questions you got to answer about, you know, getting it submitted to Apple and going through the review process and getting the subscription set up and testing and all those sort of things. Right. Um, and so... Uh, you always just kind of got a plan for that. Um, but now that we're live, yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling to be able to share it much more easily. People can download and sign up more easily. 
um, and we've seen uh, organic traffic uh, um, increase. We were doing some Google ads before to get beta users, and now even without those, we're still getting new users come in just through app store searches. So that's really exciting. Right. And we went with the freemium model, which means you can, you can download and use weekly for free. Um, but we did uh, put a paywall around the ability to download transactions from the bank and keep in, keep in sync, uh, sort of in real time through your bank. And you can also see your bank transactions there. Yep. So that's seven, seven ninety nine a month or $79 a year for that feature. But if you don't want that feature, you can, you can use it for free. Yeah. I'm interested to see kind of, uh, what the trends are with our users in terms of people that are manually tracking things and, and people that, uh, opt in for the transaction downloading. Yeah. So Fantastic. It's be exciting. So congratulations. We have a second piece of, of big news, which is that, uh, we applied for and were chosen for, uh, a recipient of the NC idea micro grant. So now we can, uh, we have some money that we can, um, Go to Hawaii with. It's a joke, people. <laughs> yes. That's a joke. <laughs> Been waiting for this trip. Uh, no, for real, we're going to apply it to um, our marketing efforts and try to understand uh, what people respond to marketing wise. Get more people into the app and see, uh, you know, see our conversion numbers. Quite frankly, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So we were. That's a big win. A, b- a big piece of that was the validation that uh, you know, third party looking at our company, our model, our our product. Um, you know, found it worthy to make us a recipient of the grant. So that was really exciting. Yeah. And thumbs up to, you know, to the NC idea foundation, the people mm-hmm. that run the grants and everything they do, a, you know, a fantastic job. And, uh, especially since we were chosen. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so they do great. They always pick winners. Always. <laughs> no, but good, good on the, um, you know, the state of North Carolina for funding startups and we're really, you know, pleased and thankful. Um, and we met some of the other companies that won the yeah. other day. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of good folks. Um, and wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, a new version of the app was launched. Would you like to guide yeah. tell people what was yeah. it? Yeah. So one of the, one of the recent features we released is the social login. So this is common on a lot of apps and software these days. But, um, in addition to being able to, to create a weekly account with your email and password, uh, you can just sign in with Google or Facebook um, and handle all that auth- authentication automatically. So uh, hopefully that'll make things easier to to get up and rolling and weekly uh, if you're new to it. You know, going back to the NC idea um, uh, micro grant, um, one of the things that did sort of force us to do is sort of think about what the app does best and even its framing as a budgeting tool and um we have sort of like even and then maybe go back to the origin story yeah right where um when people would say oh it's a budgeting app but how is it different and we're like well it gets to where the you know where the rubber really hits the road like in that moment of spending right it helps you keep on budget by looking at how much money is is left over so it's really like it's a budgeting app yes but it's like a behavioral modification sort of app yeah and the origin story was actually you had a when you were creating the app you actually had a separate budgeting system mm-hmm. right you were already monitoring the where the money was going every month yeah. and looking at the graphs yeah so yeah you could, had, tell the story yeah we had, i had all sorts of reports and things that were categorizing our spending and and uh i remember going over those with my wife and her looking at me like you know what do you want to do with what do you want me to do with this information for one and two just feeling this sinking feeling like yeah none of this reporting really matters if it's not actually helping us stay within our budget yeah. right like what yeah do we I have overspend to on food mm-hmm. and entertainment and clothes it's like okay <laughs> we just overspent at some point you just got to say like you know, what's our, what's our target and how can we simplify this tool? And that's really what, what makes weekly different. That's why it's so, so different. We're, we are uh, intentionally removed categories from daily, uh, spend tracking to help users focus on a, a weekly amount that they can spend and then make decisions accordingly. Right. And we found, um, from our own experience and also with our users that it gives a really clear benchmark and a way to say, okay, this is how much I can spend. And then it's easier to make decisions around, um, you know, entertainment and clothes and gas and, and birthday gifts um, when you have those things um, 
in a week because it's seven days and it's, it's much easier to plan and, and budget that way. Mm-hmm. And then as a tool, what, as a tool, if you have a simple budget, weekly might be all that you need, right? It's just one checking account. You're making sure that, that you're not overspending and that's all it may all be, may be all that you need. But you are, if you are someone who has a lot of different expenses, this is still a tool that can be used just like, just like the origin story. Mm-hmm. It is the spending tracker that you use that may go along along with another budgeting system. If you're having more things that you're tracking. Yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, th- and that's really it. We've kind of isolated one aspect of budgeting, uh, to get it right. So the final thing I would just like to say to our listeners is if you are using weekly and you are enjoying it, one of the ways that we can increase the exposure is by going into the app store and rating it and then writing a nice note. We would love it if you would do that. If you're really not, if it's not working well for you, contact us directly. (laughs) (laughs) We, we are here to serve you. Like we really want to get this right. We want this to matter in your lives. So let us know what's working and what's not working. And we will work with you to make it the best tool that it can be. Yep. And any other thoughts before we wrap up this episode? I think that's it. It's yeah. a good episode. Yeah, good to man. have Bob here. Good to talk about printers. Yep. Phantom power. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so check us out, weeklybudgeting.com. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, go up there. You can hit the download. You can try it out. You can let us know what you think. And uh, good budgeting. It. We need ha- a, we need a sign-off phrase. Happy budgeting. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Yeah.